my friend, Mr. John Wanu. Long time, <laughs> long time. So awesome to have you up here, man. Thanks so much for. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be I was like, oh, we got to, we got to do a podcast. Um, I know. Uh, I think uh, the first time I met That's you it. was uh, you used to travel quite a bit uh, when you were competing. So you used to come to California quite often. Mm -hmm. So it's like, who's this guy from New Mexico? <laughs> it's crazy, huh? The time flies. The rest is history, man. I remember I enjoyed watching you compete. Just submission after submission. Competed, I competed a lot. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, jujitsu and then MMA, right? Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's a uh, crazy times, but uh, you know, eventually we all get old. <laughs> and then for for me, like the first time I saw your name was the gloves, Wanu gloves yeah. that you know made the gloves for the UFC, right? And made the gloves for King of the Cage. King of the Cage. I made I made gloves for Pride. Uh, WEC, um, that was quite a Shuto. Shuto. I did uh, Shuto North America for many years. One of my friends is a promoter up in um, in Chicago. He's uh, he's an ER doctor, uh, Eric Moon, mm. and um, they used the Shuto gloves. So his partner at that time had, uh, I guess, the the rights to the North American Shuto Association. So. Um, I had the rights to produce the gloves for many, many, many years. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. How did you get into glove making? How did that like um, a, 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 a it, niche? You know, I started. I started. It all started with geese. Uh, back oh. in the back in the uh, early '90s, you know, it was very difficult to find geese. I mean, you know that. Yeah. You would have to know someone from Brazil. Uh, they, you. Know, They'd bring it over. It cost you like two two fifty for a gi, and they shrunk a lot. And um, I figured, you know what? This is this is ridiculous. Uh, there's got to be a way because you're in the mercy of whoever comes from Brazil. If you don't know anyone, then someone's gonna make money off of you yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, it took a few years of research and development. I went to a lot of trade shows. It all started with. Uh, cutting a judo gi, I would chop the sleeves. And it's like, okay, but the body was still baggy. And eventually, trial and error, using different factories, I found a factory that was willing to work with me. And um, I officially started the business in 1999, but I had done my research, you know, research and development for at least two, three years before. And um, wow, I was fortunate those, those enough. Years, yeah, huh? I was fortunate enough that... When I started all this, I had a lot of black belt friends from Brazil. So Rodrigo, Rodrigo Medeiros was my model. Um, I traveled quite a bit. So um, Marcel Alonso is an old friend of mine. And, and Carlson Sr. and Jr. were going. It was the Tatami magazine, Yeah, right? so, uh. so they were going. Oh, no, not him. No, Marcel Alonso from uh, Carlson Gracie from Carlson Seattle. Seattle, yeah, Seattle, he, Seattle. He was, a, he was a head coach of the Carlson Gracie team mm. for like, six seven years in in brazil before moving to seattle so uh carlson senior and junior went to seattle marcel hey you want to come up here i said sure so i went up i brought a bunch of geese so i told you know i said put them put these on we'll take pictures and sure enough you know i was just at the right place at the right time like many individuals in the business and were there online stores at that time oh no it was uh, it was you, you had to call and you know yeah, it's word of mouth your trunk yeah i I, tournaments. I advertised uh i can't remember it was a judo magazine a low um it was a judo black belt from japan that had an um, um a magazine like a newspaper type like a la weekly type magazine mm. i advertised in that and then um, mostly word of mouth, <laughs> talked about it all the time. And one day I decided, well, you know, uh, this was like the UFC had just, like there was a big pause. There was sort of like a few years of pause because the Athletic Commission banned MMA. Right. Remember that? Yeah, of course. It was like three, four years, right? There was no MMA. It was, it was, off, a, of, it was off of pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, it was it was. And like, they were having them in like yeah, Mississippi. Yeah, and so, um, think places so like I was that. like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, maybe play around with like come up with a bad glove 
Uh, so everyone was using the, what is that called? The har harbinger or harbinger or whatever. It was like really <laughs> old, like everybody was, it had like a little, a little bar, bar, a bar yeah, yeah. like a, like a weightlifting yeah, kind of, it, it was it weird. Yeah. Something like that. So I, I, I got a hold of one and I started gutting it. I just gutted it, removed this. We don't need this. We need the, we don't need the thumb. So I was working on, you know, the prototype and, you know, brought in some samples and and uh, that this was the time when Zufa bought UFC so this was in like 2001 mm. and um, the, the Fertitas told Big John hey like, look your job now is to see if we can find a, you know an official glove company for the UFC so I was one of the first few that he called um, Funny thing is, uh, you know, John, Big John was uh, in the LAPD, and one of his former partners was a friend of mine. It like, it's like, how weird is that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he kind of knew of me, heard of me, and he called and left me a message, and he said, oh, my name's Big John, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, at first, I was like, eh, well, I mean, what, you know, how bad can it get, right? So I gave him a call. We went back and forth, and... Finally, when we got in touch with each other, he goes, I told him, this is what I'm doing right now. I explained to him in detail what I'm working on, what I'm planning on bringing, bringing in. And then he goes, oh, it's, it's pretty much what we're looking for. And he sent me a fax of something that he had sketched. And I, I said, that's, that's what I'm bringing in. So, so he said, well, here's the thing. You know, um, this was like late, like I think the, the first... UFC that used the gloves that I produced for them was uh, lock and loaded in um, Atlantic City. I think it was, it was UFC 30. Yeah, UFC 31. It was in, I want to say 2001, I believe. Mm. So I had been working on this since about January, February. And then Big John goes, well, hey, man, I just want to let you know that you're not the only one you know, we've approached. We've we've approached just about every glove company in the United States, so you know you won't be alone. But we want to give you the opportunity. But I like your enthusiasm because of all the people that I called, you're the only one that actually said, "Oh, I'm going to run with this. I have nothing to lose." And I kept talking to him throughout the entire process. Mm. And finally, I, I had a sample, and he goes, okay, cool. I said, "I better yet, I will one-up everyone else. Send me the UFC logo, and I'll put it on the gloves. <laughs> Take action. So, so he goes, very smart. So he sent, sent me the logos, and I had it woven on the, on the strap. And um, then he goes, well, guess what, Johnny? We need this for a May show. I'm like, oh, crap. It's like, yeah, we we're, we want everyone to wear it as the official gloves. So, one thing led to another. I said, all right, I'm gonna do everything I can. So I I was able to deliver the gloves. Not only did I just send him one pair, I sent him several pairs, like probably like five or six pairs. And every single glove I I sent to Atlantic City overnight had the UFC name. So um, from what he told me, there were about 12 or more than tw a dozen glove companies that submitted their gloves. Mm. Uh, you know, some very big names. And uh, he said, but I really like what you've done and I'm definitely going to push for you because of what, you know, you, you made that effort to go the extra mile while everyone else just sent us whatever they had, like, ah, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So they approved, I don't know exactly how many, but they approved a handful of gloves out of the dozen or so that submitted gloves. However, he pushed for the ones that I designed because it was unique compared to what everyone else sent them. So this, this happened during a weekday, and he goes, Johnny, I'm going to give you a call as soon as I find out. So at that time, I, I had two jobs, you know, trying to maintain my business <laughs> and trying to make a living. 
thing I remember very well, like around noon our time, which was three o'clock um, Eastern time. He goes, Johnny, you're in. And I'm like, what? He goes, Johnny, you're in. You are the official gloves of the UFC. And, um, you know, the Fertitas want to meet you. I said, okay, cool. And then I think after the event, then I, I received a call from the secretary of Lorenzo and Frank. Yeah, my name is so-and-so, you know, from the station casinos. I'm the personal assistant of, you know, the Fertitas. And they will be in L.A. at this hotel, and they would like to meet you. And I was like, okay. Uh, what day? So I said, gave me a date and a time. Hung up. I got really anxious, and I was excited at the same time. And I called Big John. I said, hey, your boss coming to town. I'm, I'm, tell me more about your, your, your bosses, your new bosses. He goes, I think it was, uh, I think it was either Frank. Yeah, I think Frank's the one that trained under John Lewis. Right, I think so. Yeah, yeah. He so he goes. Oh, yeah. He he takes privates with John Lewis and all that kind of stuff. Okay, good enough. So what I did was uh, when I met them at the hotel, the Peninsula Hotel, in Beverly Hills. Hmm. I remember that, and um, I brought back then. You know, the heavy duty keys, the double weaves mm. were, you know, the in thing. Yeah, right, yeah, you had yeah. to have a double weave gee. So I brought a bunch of gee's, carried it. Dana White met me at the at the front, and he goes. When he still had hair, right? Yeah, when he, <laughs> kind he, of. he goes, he goes, ah, oh, smart man, smart man. And then we went and met at the restaurant. The whole meeting took less than fifteen minutes. Fifteen? Less than fifteen. Wow. It was it was wham bam, thank you, ma'am. So when I when I walked in, I said, I understand you train. These are for you. He goes. He pointed at me and goes, smart man. And then we sat down, and they proceeded to talk and say, hey, you know, we don't, we don't want to do this for money. We're not in the business of making gloves. But we do just want to make sure that we have a consistent number of gloves for, every, for each and every show. And other than that, you can do whatever you want, and you can make as much money as you want. And welcome to the UFC. And we appreciate you if you need welcome anything. Welcome to the UFC. Yeah. That's, and that's said, cool. if, if you need anything, let us know. And, uh, you know, at that time, I've already, you know, seen quite a few MMA shows. So I was mm. kind of like, ah, it's okay, no big deal. So um, that was that, shook hands, and they said, they said welcome to the UFC, and, and uh, we look forward to working with you. And uh, we had a good relationship for about eight years. And um, I think of all the, uh, all the eight years that we worked together, I'd probably been to, like, maybe four or five UFCs. I, I didn't really like to travel too much to Vegas and all that stuff because mm. I, I spent a lot of time going to King of the Cage because at that time they were doing a lot of fights at Saboba. So a lot of my guys fought. So Like we Rodrigo Madero's oh, uh, yeah, guys. Like yeah, the, the Javi, Javi, all those guys from Melania, guys. you know, Gabe, all those guys. So almost every month I was at Saboba, you know, and then once... The UFC made it official. That was their uh, glove manufacturer. Shortly thereafter, Terry called me and said, what do I need to do? And um, I said, nothing. Like, so King of the Cage still uses my gloves. As a matter of fact, I just uh, shipped a few hundred gloves to uh, Terry in the last couple months. So, And Terry and I have been friends ever since. So interesting because I remember seeing getting the King of the Cage gloves, fight, you know, because I was going to fight in the King of the Cage in the, what was it, like 2000, 2002. Yeah, right. And uh, before that, it was the Harbinger yeah, yeah. gloves. Yeah, so and, then everyone became. And then there was, first it was Valetudo, no gloves. Right. And then they had like that little glove with the cross on it. Right, right. That was super thin. Yeah, the, they looked like the Swiss. Uh, right, yeah. it was like, but it was super, the they sucked, yeah. yeah. There was like foam. And it was and gel. It was gel, yeah. It was gel, and, and. Didn't protect the no, hands and, at all. And, and most athletic commissions uh, ban those. They ban the gel gloves because what happen, What happens is when, when your hands get really soaking wet and it shifts side to side, mm. so you have a higher risk of injuring yourself, mm. you know. Breaking a wrist, breaking a hand. I mean, they were, they were like paper thin. Oh, the, gel uh, was yeah. Nothing. And, was and, and nothing. yeah, and gel was just... Was, it was heavy. 
Yeah. It was practically more than twice the weight of the neoprene gloves. And they didn't care. So. Yeah, well, yeah, the harbinger gloves. And I remember we used to fight with those, mm-hmm. you know, and then... and then You had to remove the bars, right? You had to remove the bars, you had to cut it out. And, you know, people would borrow gloves for the events. They would, you know, shift them around because there right. weren't enough gloves. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> then I came along. Then, then everyone, you came along. Then that everyone was the difference. had gloves. Yeah, that was it. That was yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, you know, once you started to put those out, and I was like, oh, wow, yeah. wow look at this glove. And then you could actually train with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it felt good. You could grapple with it. Right. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah, since, uh, you know, that was, that, those were some great years uh, with the UFC. Um, I, 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 I feel like um, it was good for everyone. Everyone was happy. Um, I must have sold thousands and thousands of gloves in eight years. Yeah, the only problem I didn't, I, the only problem that I regretted was I didn't trademark it. Trademark the, the the everything. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Big John and I have a conversation about this. And the IP goes, protecting yeah, protecting yeah, the IP because yeah, so it was huge. Yeah, it's like it was John. You're the first one to come up yeah, with so like it, the right one, yeah, and so then marketing that right. Yeah. So Big John was like Johnny. I'm sorry, but uh, you know, I mean, yeah. What it's did part they of history? Yeah, yeah, well, for sure, for sure. I mean, like I was in that early history so i'm like dude wano wano you know john wano when i remember first talking to him, oh john wano wow because <laughs> you see yeah. the the wano right you know on the gloves and right and it all started with geese started with geese all started with geese you know I, I i remember packing packing geese early in the morning juggling my day job with the business what was your day job i worked for a publishing company i i managed the freight so i did that for like almost 12 years and uh, eventually I decided you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do jiu-jitsu full-time so that's uh, that's when I started new breed with Johnny Ramirez so we did new breed together and I and then I uh, I you guys started John uh, the new breed together yeah 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 so we were Rodrigo and I were still in La Habra but he had already spent most of his time in San Diego so I taught most of the classes and in La Habra, and it's like, hey, you know what? I was I've been driving from the valley all the way to La Habra for like four or five years, like three four days a week. You lived in the San Fernando Valley. No, I lived in West LA. <laughs> I've been living in the same apartment all this time. Drove all the way. No way. Yep, I yep I drove a lot. I drove a lot. Didn't complain. I did it because I really love what I do, and I believed in what I did. So yeah, you know I. To be honest with you, I did not start making money teaching jujitsu until I started Tsunami. I did jujitsu for free because I liked it. Yeah. <clears throat> and since I started Tsunami Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you know, I, I mean, I use it as a tool, um, you know, to make a living and promote the business. And, mm-hmm. and I've been fortunate enough that. Uh, I have a pretty good sized team. Um, you, you probably know Colton Smith. He, Colton's, Colton's been with me probably the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he won the Ultimate Fighter like seven years ago. Uh, Gabe's been with me since he started uh, Kaiju, which mm-hmm. many many years. So uh, I, you know, I'm I'm nobody. I'm just a guy that trains jujitsu. Didn't like to compete, but love love teaching with passion, learning and traveling and sharing the skills and uh, fortunate enough that I know many big names that you know has helped me grow as an individual as a martial artist and to this day I have a good network of you know high level friends that I can call and say hey can you help me with this mm-hmm. and um, I think that's the beauty of jiu-jitsu is once you once once you have a good network you know it's not about who you know now it's who you know long term. You know, we, we always we hear people say, oh, I know this guy, I know that guy, you know, uh, this guy's really famous, I know him. Mm-hmm. Know but, of it, know, yeah, kind of yeah. know him. But, but in my case, you know, I, 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 when people ask me, do you know this person, I, I always go back and say, yeah, we've been friends the last 25, 30 years. And I can pick up the phone and he'll call me back. But there are no strings attached to our friendship. Mm-hmm. So that's the beauty with what I do and what I create. Um, I don't, you know, 
I don't make a whole lot of money teaching jujitsu. I do okay. I just love doing what I do. Yeah. Um, it it affords me to travel. Um, you know, You're about to go to New Zealand, right? Yeah, I'm I'm leaving next Wednesday for New Zealand. I was just in, I was just in uh, Australia in July. Mm. I have uh, four affiliate schools in 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 Perth, Australia, and uh, one MMA school there. And in New Zealand, there's about 12, 13 schools. One MMA, you know, one of our black belts there is a pioneer of mixed martial arts in New Zealand. Mm. Um, anyone that has come out of New Zealand has gone through his camp out of Christchurch. You know, uh, Carl Weber has been around for a very long time. Uh, he's a big name. He's trained many of the you know, coaches mm -hmm. across mm -hmm. New Zealand. And I'm, I'm very grateful that he's part of my team. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm nobody. Awesome. That, uh, he appreciates yeah. what I have to offer. So uh, you're um, always, uh, you're always, uh, just so friendly and always helpful to help out all like, you know, I was, yeah, I was, yeah. you know, we're all younger, you know, <laughs> but I was a young kid and, and you're always super helpful and we're always supportive. And those are the things that you never forget when you meet people. Right. Right. Well, that, that's, uh, I think having friends and knowing people are like two different things to me. Having friends is long term. Um, when I, when I, tell someone or when I tell people I know, it's like, hey, you know, um, this is my friend, you know, so-and-so. Uh, I've known him for the last 25 years. Um, we may have lost track the last five, but I can pick up the phone and mm -hmm. we can have a conversation like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the beauty with my type of personality is I attract certain individuals that you know, we really hit it off mm -hmm. and there are no strings attached and there, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. I always tell my students, say, look, there are going to be students for every teacher and there are always, always going to be a teacher for every student. Mm -hmm. So there are teachers that cater to specific personalities. Um, I cater to specific personalities. Mm -hmm. I don't know what really that means as far as what type of personality different, different folks with different strokes <laughs> right right, right yeah. yeah but but um you know i'm 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 blessed that i have a lot of friends from all teams um you're a, you're a legend in jiu-jitsu <laughs> okay as an american and who's been here since the you know well, especially in the competition scene at jiu-jitsu and mma you were always there for us uh, you're always there, for, you know, uh, all my interactions with you. And those are those things you remember when right. you were younger, right? right? Like the, that, those memories. And so we appreciate the little things in life. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and I do give back a lot to the community. Uh, I work with, you know, law enforcement, military, um, you know, having a few black belts in my team, mm -hmm. either current or, uh, current or retired military, um, I spend a lot of time with him. Mm -hmm. I go, I go to out, I go out east. Uh, I spend it with Colton. You know, he's active duty, and at his gym, it's called Enlisted Nine Fight Company. He's, he, you're half of them are I think either in the military or half retired. Most of them have served or are serving, mm. and it's a big gym. And um, Colton came over because of one of my black belts, named Dave Kedish. He was uh, in the Air Force for 25 years, but he was a special ops. So, you know, he was in a tight-knit community. Mm -hmm. um, and, and since he's been retired, he's been teaching Halo High ho for the military. He, he, recert he does recertification for, you know, people that we appreciate. Um, and, um, you know, he and Colton been friends because of that network. And... Um, came over and you know that that's pretty much it you know it, it's it's been at least almost five years now and um i remember when when we first started out east i would only go and go to fort belvoir mm. um, i think it's in maryland i believe and i would teach there so dave would fly me and as you know uh, me giving back we drive an hour and a half hour I teach two, three hours, mostly military and their, and their uh, dependents. And um, it went on 
every year. And then on the third year, you know, they decided we we're going to open our own gym. Pandemic happened. Before we know it, you know, these guys have their own gyms and, and they're serving the community and giving back. That's it. That's what it's about, right? Yeah. Giving I mean, back and helping people yeah, absolutely. through this amazing tool we oh, have, right? absolutely. I mean, we use what we can. I mean, right now we have, in Virginia, we have um, three academies and two affiliates. And it all started with one, slowly. Yeah, yeah. You know, same thing with Texas. Started with one and it started growing. I mean, like, I don't seek people. They come to me. You know, John Jensen has been with me for many, many years, and I've known him for a very long time when he was training at Rodrigo's, and and these guys just come over, well, you know, I, I really, I want to be part of what you do because I believe in what, what you're doing and, 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 you know, your personality, mm. and, and we get along and all that kind of stuff, and, and the network that you have, and it's like, well, okay, and... They still stay. I mean, to this day, they're still around. It's been this is our tenth year for the team, and we're just, yeah, growing. just gonna look at, looking at your shirt. 2013. Yeah, but you've been around since the beginning, pretty oh, much yeah. of MMA and Jiu-Jitsu. Early 90s. Where, where's where's tsunami? It's I used to teach in Culver City, but I no longer teach there, so I'm in the process of opening a new gym. So since the pandemic, yes, yeah, um, it just started like in uh, in August. I, I'm no longer affiliated with the gym I was teaching. So okay. I'm going to be looking for a place somewhere on the west side. And, um, you know, I have the support of my friends, um, my network of friends. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had uh, many phone calls from individuals that have either trained under me or have been my friends for the last 20 some odd years. I said, Johnny, when you open... We will be there for yeah, you. Yeah, for so, sure, for sure. So I, I'm, I'm very grateful, and um, you know, I, I, the last few months I've been spending a lot of time with Leo, Leo Vieira. So um, um, Leo came to America in the early 2000. He didn't know anyone, and um, he needed a place for Braza to train. That's crazy, right? <laughs> that people don't even a lot of people don't even know what Braza is. No, back in the day, he was like. You know, one of my friends came because it was it was a uh, <coughs> master, yeah, right? master, and then Braza, and then was it Braza or was it Alliance? No, it was it was Alliance, and then master, and then Braza. Alliance, master, and then Braza, Braza. yeah, and, and then, then and then split, Check Matt. yeah, Check Matt. Then you have uh, Comprido uh, Madero's. Uh, uh, he's, he's, he's he went still he's still he's Braza. Still Braza, and then there's uh, Atos. It's split, and then you have uh, Zenith. Mm. Uh, Robert, Robert Drysdale, right. yeah. So all these guys that were from the same team trained at my gym for a couple of years. They did that. They were traveling from Brazil to L.A. You know, all the three big tournaments were in L.A. for many, many years. So they would come and spend 10 days. I would shut down my gym. I would give them the mat from noon to 4. Wow. I didn't ask for anything. Twelve like, to four. Yeah, twelve four to hours. that. Yeah, four hours. Like, you know, a few days a week. They did that before and they did after. I actually ended up hiring a couple of his black belts to work for me. Mm. Um, you know, and they're still my friends. And you know, I was his first sponsor in the United States. Oh, so you you brought him actually? You no, did, no, no, no. Oh. I I um, when he came. A sponsor well, like the, like the, the like, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Wano, yeah, yeah that's so, right. So yeah. I, I sponsored the entire Braza team when they competed at ADCC in New, in, uh, New Jersey, where Drysdale won. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I sponsored the entire team. Um, you know, it's it just one thing led to another, and and um, you know, I I I was joking with Leo. Um, a week ago, before he left for Singapore, I said, oh, you know, I was telling his students, like, we've been friends a long time, but um, he got really famous, and he forgot about me. And then he goes, yeah, and I got really, really famous, and I wanted to get back in touch with John. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, that's what happens. I tell my famous friends, you get to be very famous, and you forget about your friends. <laughs> he goes, no, bro, no, no, that's not like that. But, um, you know, I'm really happy that, you know, I'm very happy to see my friends succeed. I'm mm -hmm. really happy for your success. I remember when you were still up in Santa Fe 
Um, you had your own team, and one day you decided to up and leave, and look at you now. Um, you have yeah. a huge facility yeah, in Burbank. It's crazy, crazy. Um, you produced a good number of competitors. Not only that, it's not so much about producing competitors, but producing good individuals mm. out of your gym. It's, 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 you know. Good uh, humans. Good, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's what have you done with life, right? And it's like, it's easy to say, I've, I produced 10 world champs, right? Um, but people will remember the ones that you trained well, that you taught to be good individuals. I mean, there has to be a balance, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Some people like to compete, some people don't. But let's face it, majority of the students, what? What's a, what do you think is the percentage of the competitors in yeah, your very gym? Small, very less, small. Less than 3%. It's always like that, yeah. But less you focus, you put all the energy into right, those guys. Right, exactly, exactly. And then that takes away from the other one, so it's exactly. not really fair. Right, right. And, and you're forgetting that 95% of them pay your bills mm-hmm. or 98% of them pay your bills. And nobody's nobody's better than anybody, you know. They all have. We all benefit from oh, abso- training in jujitsu and martial arts. Absolutely. They're, well, they're, I have our own interest, and it really helps us be our best. Whether no it's secret. competing or and you know to get a gold medal or whether it's just being better at whatever you do. If you're an attorney, if you're a businessman, if you're whatever, dad or mom, there, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And there's no there's it. there's no secret really in jujitsu, especially. In today's age, you know, the, you you have the internet. Someone sees something. Yeah. Before before you remove your gi, the whole world knows about it because someone's posting it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, people say, "Oh, you're stealing techniques. You're stealing my livelihood." Right. Wow. Ah, that's not the truth, now, man. I mean, how well, much ba- do you really care? For back 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 in the day, that's how it was. Like you can't show anybody, right. other people. You couldn't video. I mean, back in those days, it was recording the be. Big VHS yeah. tapes, right? To get yeah, footage. Yeah. You have Scotty and Gumby. Scotty, Scotty and, Scott and Gumby. Scotty and Gumby, you know, videotaping and selling all the videos. I mean, God bless them. And then there were the guy Paqueta in uh, oh, Brazil. Absolutely. You had to find him, track him down, and buy his VHS tapes out of the, out of his trunk. Well, I lucked out because I spent a lot of time with Carlson Gracie That's Sr. Right. So <laughs> he lived down the street from me when he was in L.A., so I spent a lot of time at his apartment watching fight videos. So tell me, tell me the whole Carlson Gracie because there's pictures <laughs> of you with Carlson Gracie with Victor Belfort. Yeah, well, I I, I was at John Jocks for a little bit, and then um, when when Carlson came to the United States with Vitor, one of my friends uh, at that time was here in L.A. Uh, taking English lessons at UCLA. Uh, his name is Marcelo Hertz. Uh, he's a black belt, and he actually got his black belt eventually from Boulogne. Uh, Boulogne. And, then Boulogne uh-huh. and he's over at, uh, um, he's in Florida. He's with Carlson's brother. Um, I, man. I, I'm drawing so many, a blank. So, so many brothers, right? I'm drawing Is a blank. Is that Hillian? Hillian? He, he, uh, Hillian, you're right. Hillian, so he, okay. he runs the Hillian Gracie in Doral. Um, uh, his, uh, Hillian's his brother-in-law, to make a long story short. But he's one of my oldest friends, and he was the one who, because I used to take him to Gen Jocks uh, to train, because he was living in my neighborhood, and Gen Jock was really kind enough to, for you know for me to bring my friends mm-hmm, over. Mm-hmm. And one day he goes, hey, my master is here. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, my master, Carlson Gracie Sr. is here. Um, I want you to meet him. You like him. He's a good man. He's very famous. I'm like, uh. You know, back in the day, it was yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. hoist, hoist, hoist. Right, Everything right, right, was hoist, right. right? I didn't know much about Carlson. So I said, okay, all right. Um, you know, he, he lives by you. So um, I went to his apartment. And the rest is history. We hit it off really well. You know, he had a very, very limited English. But he just had this huge persona. Like, he, he it's like, you can't, I mean, you just want to love the guy. He's just amazing. Um, he's really enthusiastic. Um, just a big heart. He gave. Yeah. Um, and, and. 
people loved him for that. And, yeah. and you know, so I spent a lot of time. He's with such him. a big part of just jujitsu. I mean, he his energy. Oh, whether yeah. you are on his team or you are against his team, because yeah. I came up with Gracie Baja, right? I was their first American black belt, and uh, and uh, you know he was brothers with Carlos Gracie Jr. Yeah. And we, you know, you you train to 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 beat them. You yeah, don't want to get right. beat by them, and so he just caused this huge rivalry, right? Uh, competition scene. Right. It was all because of Carlson. In a good like. way. Yeah, in a good way. In a very good way. For sure, I brought out the best in everybody, and uh, <laughs> you know, the whole reason why we have jujitsu tournaments is because of Carlson, right? I mean, he supposedly, did love to from fight. what I hear, what I hear, you know, he he's the one who. Was like no, we gotta, we have to have competitions. I mean, to to show what you've learned, to show your talent, right? I mean, I mean it was a collab- collaboration, of course, Carlos Christie Jr. But Carlson was the, you know, he's the, you know, probably didn't protect his IP or whatever. He didn't do all that business no. stuff. He wasn't a businessman. No. But he he his heart and his uh, the spirit, you know, it's really cool to see like the Ruka. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, represent his name and uh, just because he was such a big part of of every part of jiu-jitsu yeah sports jiu-jitsu and then of course mma absolutely of his guys representing jiu-jitsu i am so grateful um that i met him uh even more thankful that i got to know him as a person and i got to spend time with him Mm. i would uh, i remember when his friend paqueta would show up and give him boxes of vhs and he'd say oh jean wano Go to my apartment. And did you save any of those VHS no, I tapes? Wish. Did you did you like <laughs> wish. transfer them to a DVD? I wish. You know one because there's so many lost matches. So so that's one of the things that I probably wish that I I had the hindsight of like asking for maybe a couple. I mean, I've seen black and white videos from like I don't know what yeah. what decade. Oh, my student, my student. And you know he'll he'll show me videos of so many fights, and he'll like like just babble in Portuguese, and I'm sitting there going, oh, but this is really fun, yeah, very entertaining. But uh, what 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 I'm grateful for is meeting just about everyone of who's who in the Carlson Gracie team that mm. was able to travel to America to train with us in L.A. To this day, I'm still really good friends with Liborio, Zamario. I mean, Rodrigo, you know, he's my he's my little brother. Um, we've been friends a long time. Man, Liborio, what a what a guy! Super. I mean, that guy's like. He comes to LA. He calls me, and he, I, yeah, he, he was just in LA a few months ago, and um, I had dinner with him. You know, like we text each other quite a bit. He mm-hmm. checks in on me. I check in on him. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's it's just uh, really cool. I mean, I. With Zamario, when um, that hurricane hit um, Houston mm. a few years back, I was supposed to do a, uh, teach a seminar at my affiliate there, and then they asked, "Hey, would you be interested in asking Zamario if they, you guys want to come? We'll pay for the trip and raise raise uh, funds to donate to hurricane victims." So I called Zamario and said, "Hey, you want to do this?" He goes, mm. "Absolutely, let's do it." So he f- we met in Houston, taught a seminar. Um, you know, raised enough money and 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 donated to a, a charitable um, foundation, and and you know, we give back. Yeah, it's not all about making the money. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know, um, like I I Marcel Alonso up in Seattle. I talk to him nearly every week. <coughs> you know, so I I keep in touch with many of my old friends. Yeah. I mean when I when I talk when I talk to old school on the podcast I've you know had the blessed blessed blessing of uh being able to speak to Hoyce Gracie yeah. and like all these old school guys you know and you know, I I was asking them like what's the biggest thing that jiu-jitsu has given you and they pause and they always say relationships. Absolutely. Relationships. And so people that you know Creanch and you know, don't don't treat their their teachers or the professors with respect, and mm-hmm. don't do things the right like how you want to you want you want to be treated. Sometimes, like you gotta you know you gotta do something else. It's all good, but treat them like you would want to be treated. Right. Just you know, just you know, cause sometimes it's a hard talk, right? Right. But you gotta you gotta do the right thing. Right. Well, the thing about 
jujitsu is like life. You, know, you you can never really tell when you know, things go south mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It's how you say things or how they perceive you. How you perceive you, right? And then they they assume, <coughs> right? Uh, it happens to everyone, and I'm sure it happened to you. It, it's happened to me many many times. But I think the most important lesson to learn here is that what do you do about it, right? So if uh, Alberto, you've already made up your mind that you know I'm not I'm not the person you thought I am, mm-hmm. right? And I can never change your mind. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 my job to figure out how can I make myself better so the next person won't assume you know that I'm what Alberta was saying, right? Mm-hmm. I so I I we all make mistakes and I think if we just find ways to make things better i think that's all we can really yeah, do how, how we react right to do whatever situations <laughs> right. are. for me it always comes down to like hey listen i, I just want the best for my students and right. you know whatever's best for them you know and it's if respect. it's best for you like cool i mean i'm here to serve you and again like speaking of egos and things like you know i'm just humble you know i'm just like you know i wish you know, all the all the best i'm here you know right to serve you know if i can help with anything let me know and that changes kind of the, the thing, you know, the situation, because it's at the end, right? Or when you're in those situations, it's about ego and your insecurities and, you know, and then it, you being exposed, like, I'm not good enough. We all, you know, everybody has fears of right. being inadequate, right? I think you hit, <laughs> you, you hit the nail on the head. Insecurities. You know, all these tough guys, these jiu-jitsu fighter guys, but they're like, you know, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, like they're all like we're inse- like t- these tough guys, but like insecure, right? We're sensitive, you know, yeah. the most sensitive guys. They, they don't sens- want to sensitive it. people. They yeah. don't want to admit it, and then you find out the hard way, and it's too late. Sometimes it's too late to to retract things, right, or what you've said. Um, but um, yeah, it's life a, lessons. Yeah, right? yeah. Life le- I mean, you, you you can't be perfect every day. No, like we do our best, right? We do our best. And, and, and that's all we can do. And uh, you know, no matter what happens, like I'm grateful for no matter the good or the bad, you know. Uh, oh, absolutely. Things work out, they don't work out for the time I, I spent, you know, with whoever. And uh, yeah, just come always from, uh, I, I just try to think of being humble. Right. And uh, I'm here to serve, you know. That's, it just really comes down to that. I'm here to help you. And I'm so right. blessed to be able to do what I do. Right. Because I love, we love jujitsu. We love martial arts. We love, we love it, you know. And it's given so much to us, right? Right. And we want to share. That's all it came down to. I mean, jujitsu is such a small community. It really is. It it's a small community. People will find out the truth faster than you can imagine. You know, you say something, and then before you know it. Someone has twisted it, yeah. and you're like, "What? Yeah. I killed someone? No." Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like it's crazy, but yeah. it's like if if they don't learn from what we have, you know, to do, you know, like the skills and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the patience and all yeah. that stuff, then it's gonna be a tough road. Yeah. Um, man, how did you get into martial arts? You know, I'm sure you watched Hoist Gracie, right? And that's your jiu-jitsu. Right. But what, are you from, from California? No, I was actually born in the Philippines. I moved to Florida when I was a teenager. And where, I, where in the Philippines? Uh, Cebu, in the Cebu. central part. Yeah. Okay. So, so most of my family are out east. And, and well, my mom's side is mostly out east. My dad's side is out west. So my most of my siblings are in the Seattle area. I don't oh, know wow. why they like it up there. Okay. <clears throat> but um, I did stick fighting growing up. Kali. Uh, yeah, we did. Screamo. Yeah, real knives and and no protection. You know, you get smacked. You, you, we did that. And you ever I, hear the Dog Brothers? <laughs> yes. I actually have a couple of my black belts are Dog Brothers. So. Okay. They're, uh, uh, they're crazy. So I had one of one of the founders, right? Arlen Sanford mm-hmm. was in New Mexico. Sanface, who was one of my students, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. Uh, I went to some of the gatherings they called them, you know. And he basically they go to the park, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and put basically uh, hockey, hockey gloves. Yeah, I think hockey, hockey gloves. Yeah, and a fencing, fencing mask. mask. 
and then they just swim, sw- uh, you know, swing, swing to the fence. Yeah. Some people, some people Elbows. put up, put different like you know pads on and stuff, more pads or whatever. And Arlen Sanford wouldn't even wear gloves because he was so confident in his abilities. Crazy. And they would you know knock knock each other out. They you know it was crazy. I remember one time I went with him just to watch, and he's like, "Hey, you mean you, you didn't jump in?" He asked me, "Are you gonna jump in?" I'm like, "What?" It's like, "What do I do?" He's like, "Just swing really big." You're gonna laugh at this. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe Rudiger uh, went to one in the last two months. So one of my black belts who teaches at Claremont, uh-huh. um, Claremont BJJ, is a dog brother. So he and Gabe have this twisted idea. They they just laugh. They love to fight. Mm. Gabe goes, "Hey, Mike, I want to do this. I want to go next time you go." I, Mike was like, "You sure about this?" Like, mm. "Yeah, let you, you, let me." Let's meet at a park, and I can show you what to expect. So they, two, two lessons. <clears throat> then they went to the South Bay. Th- yeah, this was in the last, I think it was in, I want to say November. Mm. They went to the South Bay, and Gabe goes, uh, yeah, you go there, you size up everyone, you look at them in the eyes, like, you want to fight? And it's like, okay, so then what happened? I had five fights, and it's like, Two three minutes or something like that. So what? So what happens? It's a stick and a knife. So there's a long line. So when you get to the front of the line, everything goes. He goes. What happened? So I submitted everyone. I, one, I, I, I killed the guy. I you took him down. Yeah, I took him down and stabbed him. So what else do you do? It's like, well, you have to make sure that, you know, you don't get stabbed. <clears throat> so you take him down. You make sure you know where the, where the knife is. Mm. They don't. They're not able to reach it, and and you fight from there. And he goes, I don't understand because I swear to God, I kept shanking this guy on the side and the referee just kind of stood there. Mm. And then one time I, I... Yeah, so I think we're talking about the Dog Brothers, right? Right. And uh, the knife fighting. And yeah, it's not fun, man. Yeah. The thing is, people have this misconception of like, I have a weapon. I, like, I'm good at it. Well, but if you don't know what the other person is capable of doing, then you're going to get nailed. Yeah. Right? So I, the, I'm sure you have the same issues with new people coming mm-hmm. in i want to be a fighter i want to know how to fight I said listen <clears throat> before you learn how to fight you've got to learn how to fall down how to hit the forward <laughs> all, all the exercises that we do you yeah. have to learn before you learn how to fight right because you can learn how to fight but if someone knows how to take you down you don't know how to fall you break an arm you're done yeah yeah you get knocked out you're done <clears throat> I've had many people come to class like with that type of attitude. Yeah. And I said, listen, I've been doing this a long time, and this is what's going to happen. The more you train, the less you want to fight. That's just how it's it is. It's crazy how that works, right? <laughs> <laughs> but people don't realize that. I mean, look at all these guys that are big names in fighting. They avoid fights. Yeah. It's never worth it. Learning how to fight helps you avoid fights because the consequences are just insane. Mm-hmm, <coughs> mm-hmm. Oh, so a professional mixed martial artist beat up this guy because he didn't like what he said. <coughs> that make, makes you look like a fool. Yeah. You're being dragged to prison yeah. for your making certain calls. Right, right. right. I mean, it's a judgment call. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you have every right to protect yourself, but if it's just going to bruise your ego, it's not. Yeah. It's not going to help it your comes down, It comes down to your uh, your uh, being secure in yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, uh, yeah, and, and there's plenty of individuals in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu that have a lot of insecurities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you know a handful. I know a handful. And we all have our insecurities, right? But it's like. Oh, of course. You we know, all it's do. like. <laughs> just be humble. Right. <laughs> just I mean, be cool. Look, it's I, not. It's not worth you know, like you know, being mean to somebody or you know, you know, treating somebody bad or yeah, you know, because I've you're scared to, or yeah. something, right? I've learned to just ignore certain individuals, mm-hmm. and and some individuals are really good at egging you right, to right, be right. mad, right, right? So you can engage. That's that's not cool because if once you engage, now you're on. 
I just ignore them. I really have no time for individuals that want to criticize what I do. You know, whatever, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. What, whatever you say to me will not change my life. It's not going to affect my life. Yeah. What's going to affect my life if, is if you do something to me, mm. like physically, mm. that's what's going to change. But you saying something, you know, if you're, if you're a keyboard warrior a few hundred miles away, why do I care what you have to say? <laughs> things changed huh, with the internet and <coughs> yeah. forums oh my and, God. and all these things, you know. I mean, crazy how people like that. There's so many armchair warriors out there. Yeah. And then when you call them out, they're like, they back, ghost you. Back, yeah, back in the back in the early days, or if you, you know, acted or said anything like that, nobody would even think about it. Nope. Saying saying something like that would give you any kind of like look. There was just total respect right because it was you'd be right you'd be checked <laughs> pretty fast i mean respect is respect is uh respect is very important yeah and respect is earned yeah for sure you don't you know, sure. it's like friendship it's a two-way street right respect is a two-way street how can anyone respect you if you don't respect them right so how can you be a friend if you're if you're not even a friend right right um, Man, going back to the, the the dog brother thing, so they invited me to the park, mm -hmm. and he's like, just swing big, just, just finish that story. And I just swung big, and I hit the guy in, in the, the fencing mask, uh -huh. you know, and just, I didn't know what I was doing, but I hit him, and he dropped. And uh, it was crazy, you know. It, that was my first experience, and then I ended up doing a bunch of more fights. Right. And what's crazy about it is I didn't realize I was, I was getting hit, but I had all these <laughs> bruises all over my body, like deep, feel crazy it. bruises, mm -hmm. yeah. Like all my arms, my legs, um, and you know you're full of adrenaline and all that. Because but you know, can you imagine it was if it was a sharpened blade? Oh yeah, right. Done. Yeah. That's what people don't understand. I mean, I I I trained in stick and knife fighting for many years mm -hmm, growing up, mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, I've been cut, I've been smacked on the head. Yeah, you don't feel stuff, but. You know, it, it just takes one, like, you know how you get uh, you get hit right on the button? Yeah. It only takes one, right? Why would yeah. you risk that? Well, our long t one of our longtime Muay Thai coaches, you know, Brian, man, he was in uh, in Pasadena, and uh, they went out to a nightclub, and, you know, his, he wasn't married. His, his girlfriend, his, his now his wife, uh, they, they you know, his, he was with some friends, and that friend looked at somebody else, and then, you know, and then, whatever he's like let's get out of here or just went to the other side of the, the club and then later that evening they were walking in the parking garage and they saw each other <laughs> and they came and they the guy punched his his girlfriend you know the guy a guy yeah whoa and like he just all he saw was his hair her hair go up boom oh crap and so my you know our Muay Thai coach you know Brian he he, he just went red Right away, he head kicked the guy, dropped him, dropped him, and then just started throwing elbows. And then somebody called the police. Whatever the police came, and he was just like, you know, beating him down from the mount. But what what happened? When they arrested him and they put him in the car, he felt like he had to go to the bathroom. The guy stabbed him in his stomach, Ooh. and Ooh. Uh, he had a belt one on. Stab. One st one stab. One step, right? One step. Right. It changed his life. Right. Right? He was, you know, you know, it took him like years and years to just even get back to the, you know, maybe 80%, right, of, of you know, capacity. But because he, he had, a, he had a, a belt on, it like slowed the thing, and it went a little bit to the side, I think, because of it. No organ damage. It went into his intestines. They had to open them up and, yeah. you know, patch it up or whatever they had to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was like, you know, super weak for like years after that. What and, happened uh, to the guy? Uh, he went to jail and, you know, there's a whole process, right? Like he was a young kid, you know, just it's like for what, you know? Exactly. Yeah. For right? what? You can never tell, man. But if you do martial arts, you know, all these guys, they have nothing to prove. We prove it every day, right? On no, the mats. Absolutely. <laughs> Training. I'm, right. I mean, um, I, I tell people like, look, I, I take shooting lessons um my my shooting coach he's uh 
retired Israeli paratrooper, mm. and he also went to Israeli secret service school. Mm. So I do a lot of CQB close quarter battle uh, simulations, and uh, it's not easy, man. Uh, just because you have a gun doesn't mean right, right, you're right. gonna hit something. Right, right? Right. I mean, you gotta practice. I've, <laughs> I've, I've been to ranges and seeing people go crazy shooting at a target human-sized target mm -hmm. at close range not a single bullet scratched the target <laughs> imagine at like 10 15 feet yeah it's not easy shooting someone and somebody can grab you in that that in that time right right that I mean, close but if if you train for it and if you are aware what you're capable of doing it increases your chances of survival right right and you know, that's why I tell people that train said, listen, just because <coughs> you're a fighter, just because you're you're a seasoned competitor doesn't make you invincible. It just makes you a bigger target. Mm -hmm. The problem here is the choices that you make, whether you engage or diffuse. It's life and death. Mm -hmm. <coughs> like what just happened to your Muay Thai coach. Mm -hmm. If you look back, how could you have addressed the scenario, <coughs> right? They pulled their friend away. It was just like, sometimes you can't, you right. don't have a choice, exactly. right? That wasn't right. a choice. You know, right. he, they, they pulled their friend away, but you know, how you have a friend that acts stupid and then you have to back that, him up. That's the problem. So it's see. like, you know, I remember like high Gracie, like, you know, oh, if you yeah. hung out with him, like you were just, you know, something, you know, something was going to happen. So right. just, you know, I'm just saying, I'm dropping high and crazy name. <laughs> but, you know, just, just overall, like, you know, going out with people that they're going to do stupid things. You're going to lead that. <laughs> <laughs> Your friends of Valij? Oh, he's one of my close friends. Oh, my yeah, God. Man. Oh, my God. I'd love to hear stories <laughs> when, from him. When, when he used to live in Marina del Rey back in the day, um, he would drive on Saturdays to Newbreed to come train with me and the guys. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, we have a really good relationship, and I was always made fun of him. Oh, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do, and you know the guy's a pit bull. <clears throat> the guy's tough as hell. Yeah, and and he will tune you out, and then once he gets his way, you're toast. Mm. And I've seen it. My students were like, "Oh my god, I thought he was gonna kill you." I said, "No, I've known I've, I've known the guy so many years. That's why I tease him." But um, I really enjoyed training with him. He was he was a lot of fun. Tell me some of Valich stories, some good Valich stories. Wow. Yeah, there are some stories I can't tell. But <laughs> it, one thing he did tell me is that, look, Owano, you my brother. I die for you. That basically says a lot about the guy. Mm. What he meant was, you're my friend, you're my brother. If you go to battle, I will die for you. Mm. There is no, there is no other story that can make it better than that. Yeah. I mean, look at all his battles under the Carlson Gracie banner. You've seen it. I mean, do you remember the Hoist Gracie? <coughs> oh, of match, course. You know, uh, I was living in Brazil at the time, and uh, you I know, saw that video at his house. So. Yeah, that I mean, that kind of blew up his name like worldwide because. He was a Carlson Gracie student, and then you know the Horn Gracie and, and that you know that part. Mm -hmm. They're saying like sports jujitsu doesn't work, right? right? And then Carlson was like, I mean, Billy was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, let's, let's fight, let's go, let's do jujitsu match. And they had a big uh, event on the a, beach. Yeah, it was it was a lot of people, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a you know it was it's a like big IBJJF arena championship. It was a big arena. It was like Long Beach, the the pyramid, but. Mm -hmm. Outdoors, they built you know the the stands right on the beach. I remember the huge crowd. And uh, and uh, and then he ended up choking out Hoist with the clock choke, mm -hmm. right? Choke unconscious. <laughs> and I, then, I've uh, been to a seminar where he taught, and he taught that, and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy though because you know like <laughs> the, he's a probably just a Gracie student. And then, like, choking out, like, hoist, like, you know, just like, ugh, like, you know, 
it's good for Walidic, you know, but like for like all of us as Gracie students, we're just like, uh, <laughs> that's a bummer. Well, you know, every family has, has uh, you know, they all have their wins and their losses. Yeah, no, no, it's all, we're all, we're all interconnected and they do, he does jiu-jitsu because of, you know, Cross and Gracie and the Gracie family right. and, and right. the whole he thing. It's it all, we're all interconnected. He did it to fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he put it on the line, and oh, yeah. and you know, respect to you know to every, all the all the guys you know that put it on the line. Um, but I just remember that that moment, you know, it was it was it was, uh, it was like, uh. and he did it multiple times. <laughs> he just didn't do it once or twice. He did it multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Japan, Brazil, the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He represented all over the uh, he, he, all over the world. Yeah, he was he was not afraid. Yeah, he was not afraid. Yeah, uh, I, I tell a story about Walid and I tell people, I said, listen, Walid is in a different level of individual compared to the average guys yeah. out there. Yeah. Think of like Walid is like if you chopped off his leg and he has three limbs, he will continue to use yeah. those three limbs to fight. And you cut the other limb off, he will use whatever limb is available to fight. Yeah. So that's that's a whole different level of <coughs> mentality. Mm. Like uh, it's just like the the will yeah. to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Some people's like, oh my god, I got wounded. No, you uh, un unless you kill him, he will continue to fight. Did you? Ever, did he got into promoting, right? Does did ju the jungle fight? Is yeah, he still he's, doing he's it? still doing jungle fight. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. I went there down there one time. I cornered one of my my friends. In uh, jungle fight, when when he fought in Rio, who was in Rio? I, it's I don't know if he's is he the matchmaker or something, but he he's been involved. I thought he in was the, the promoter, you know. I thought he was the the main promoter. Yeah, I think it started with uh, Inoki, I believe. And he was connected, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Inoki. It was in Manaus in the Amazon, Amazon, right. and they took it all over. I think Brazil. Right. So he's doing really well for himself. Mm. You know, I I follow him and. He always posts these videos of him talking, and he's he's a flashy guy. I like him. He's really cool, but he remembers his friends. That's cool. Uh, that's yeah. one thing I like about the guy. He he was uh, if he was your friend, he'd tell you that. Yeah. And he won't he won't fake it. Yeah, man. Going going back, you know, for you, like so, like how did you get into jujitsu? My um, my brother in law at that time was training uh, under Hoist. This was before the UFC happened. You were living where? <coughs> I was living. I was already here in um, California. Yeah, so I you came <coughs> from the Philippines. No, you I was. I I I've been in the United States since '82. So I, okay. I, was, I grew up. I I've been here most of my life. Okay. <coughs> so from you guys came to California. No, I I was in Florida. Florida. I lived all over. I lived okay. in Florida. I lived in Illinois. Okay. I lived in Pennsylvania. I lived in New Jersey. Okay. <coughs> I lived in Japan. I was in New Zealand for a few months. I traveled around for a couple years before I ended up in California. Okay. But I've there's had one family. thing you would recommend <coughs> for somebody new or newer that's, you know, begun jujitsu. Uh, what would it be for them to be successful, to make this a lifestyle, to make jujitsu part of their life forever? Because you've been in the game for how many years well, now? Thirty years this year. Thirty years. So thirty years. The the thing that I'd like to tell individuals that are new in the sport is this. Find, do your due diligence, mm. find a school and find a teacher that fits your personality. Mm. Because that is the beginning of you loving what you do. If, you know, it helps to talk. Really, communication is key. Mm -hmm. Most people can tell if the gym is fit for them or not. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then you move on. Don't be tempted in staying for whatever reason if you're not happy. Find a place where you're comfortable. Find a place where you're safe. Find a place where if you don't like the pressure, no one will pressure you, right? If you if you like the pressure because you're a competitor, mm -hmm. find a place that will pressure you, mm -hmm. that will put you in a spot to make you think 
when there's a lot of stress. Yeah, bring out the best in you. <clears throat> but that's basically what it is with, with combat sport mm -hmm. is it's easy to say, oh, Alberta, we're just going to do um, um, competition style. Uh, it's not really life and death, but, you know, it's like submission only, mm -hmm. right? It's different when, okay, there are knives involved. Mm -hmm. There are guns involved. It changes the way you look at things, right? People always say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a black belt. I'm, you know, so many degrees. I've won championships. And then the guy goes, oh, yeah, I'm good with a knife. That's all, I'm, that's all I know. The bottom line is find a school that you feel comfortable. Find a coach that will help guide you. Mm. Have fun. Before you know it, it becomes a lifestyle. That's it. That's I mean, it. You, you, you basically, if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's it. Because you want to be tough? Well, look, yeah, you can be tough. Your coach may be able to train you to be tough within a five-year period. How many black belts do you know that wanted to be the best they can? They get to the level where you could get them and they decide, I've drained my coach. I have drained my coach. I got to go find something else. Mm. That's happened to you. Mm -hmm. It's happened to me. Mm -hmm. Happens to everybody. Mm -hmm.